0: Ed- edible arranged these nuts there you go.
1: arrangements Edible arrangements is really good Thank you That's a great one
0: Shut the fuck up Dean <laughs> <laughs> I come in here I, I work all week To come <laughs> up with some great content
1: You work all week re- You didn't even watch the shows Shut the fuck up <laughs> Your You're work was br- to watch two episodes of a television show And you couldn't do it
2: Okay uh, two episode episodes of, of a show Two
0: different shows for the record Okay that's different. Two two shows where the main focus is the police. Okay? And as an indigenous person, I don't <laughs> like it that you're trying to make me do this mental labor, okay? <laughs>
1: I'm
0: so- that's like that's like twenty seasons of a TV show to a white guy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome back to the Late Late Capitalism show Rockin' with you, as always, is me, Jesse And of course, I'm joined by one of my three lovely co-hosts It's
0: throwing it over to Chance Hey guys, it's me, Chance I'm also here with uh, Dean and Megan Folks, hello
3: That's
0: right We tend to fall into a bit of a pattern
2: on this show where, you know, we do like a news episode, we do kind of like a little historical profile or personal profile, and then we always circle back around to media. And we try to focus specifically more so on CanCon, Canadian content, because if you're unaware, uh, there is a mandate in this country... I think it's is it with music or is it with all content that, you it's, know, like uh, with music, all broadcast I think, uh,
1: media, I believe.
2: Well, there you go. What is it like 30 something percent has to be Canadian content? Yeah,
1: that, that's why uh, all those terrible CBC shows are on Netflix.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we will get to that. The CBC just itself is worthy of its own episode, but it often yeah. cranks out a wide range of programming. Admittedly, we're going to be talking about only one CBC show today, as well as one CTV original, Mm. Uh, both of which are cop-centric, both of which come from very drastically different time periods, not just in Canadian history, but let's say social history as well. And uh, I think it'd be safe to say that both are terrible in their own very unique and special ways. Uh, Folks, we're going to be discussing... 2020 slash 2021's Pretty (coughs) Hard Cases, which is going to be more Dean and Megan taking point on that. Best show ever. I'm going to be going over the delightfully psychotic and unhinged uh, 2008 to 2012 drama, Flashpoint, which was created by CTV. We'll get to that, but let's start with the more modern and probably more nuanced, I think is safe to say, uh, interpretation of cops megan dean why don't you walk us
1: through it nuanced of course in the pejorative sense well Um, also in the comparative sense like once we get the flashpoint (laughs) yeah yeah so this show pretty hard cases which i had megan tell me the name of the show probably 10 times over the course of us watching it uh because it is such a nothing title that hasn't it's terrible. basically It's a terrible title. And it has nothing to do with the actual show. No. Uh I did I just I still don't really understand why they well, went with that. Dink, name. They because like, actually, they're women, so they're
2: pretty, and they're hard cases, and they're trying to crack a hard case. You see, it's
3: the original title their coochies are rock
0: <laughs> hard. That's true. <laughs> the
3: original title was gonna be Lady Dicks, and then they decided that's to so not go better. with that.
0: That's a much that's better
2: ladies. name for the show. Yeah. That's, although in calories, they they would have struggled because the only funny joke would have been the title of the show, and it would have been all <laughs> downhill from there.
3: I was created by two women that also worked on or created rookie blue which Ugh. we were also going to watch for this episode but watching two cop shows was more than enough and we watched the trailer for rookie blue on youtube and it was one of the most deranged offensive things i've ever seen in my life so it we was ended shockingly up not watching bad that.
2: all you need to know about uh rookie blue is that there's a prominent character named dove epstein
0: which i think just <laughs> says it all <laughs>
3: But they decided to make this cop show recently because, as we all know, everyone is really having a moment where they're just loving cops and being really interested in watching cop shows. Um, And and they actually, Jesse, you were saying they filmed this after the 2020 summer protests.
2: So I'm going to talk about this just briefly. They had originally slated filming to start around March of 2020. Then, obviously, the entire country went into a lockdown. Uh, So they had to push filming back, which meant... That as they were waiting for things to get rolling again, they did witness the summer of protests against, you know, police murdering people, which, uh, spoiler alert, is the number one thing they love to do. So Mm -hmm. I have to respect the creators for seeing, you know, four or five months of tumult and uh, turmoil and uprising and going,
1: no, we're still going to make this cop show, but it's going to be woke somehow. So, kudos to them for that. And they they try so hard. (laughs) They struggle valiantly to make the wokest cop show you've ever done. Did I don't even know if I would say they try hard or struggle.
2: It's just like it's very shoehorned and it's very transparent. And uh, well, we'll get to it. I think it sucks shit.
3: Yeah, so the the first episode is called Bananas Uh, Fun. One of them holds a banana at one point in the episode, and this was really the only reference I could get other than bananas also means, like, kooky crazy. So our two main characters are Samantha from a squad called Guns and Gangs and Kelly, who's from (laughs) Drug Squad. They're both in their 40s. Samantha is white and Kelly is black. We start the show um, with Samantha staking out a child in a skate park, essentially. Um, she ends up getting in a cop chase against a thief who steals this kid's bag. And then it turns out that this thief was Kelly undercover. And they were both going after the same drug dealer. Yeah, not
1: sure what Kelly's plan was stealing the bag. If she was going to she stole the bag and then ran, ran away from the person that she wanted to arrest
0: for possessing drugs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You submit it as evidence. Evidence is more important. But then
1: the kid is gone.
2: Also,
0: <laughs> her, yeah, yeah. Her disguise was just
2: to wear like a Rasta hat, which yeah. I <laughs> thought was really, really uncomfortable. I was like, "Is this the white
1: lady? <laughs> no, the black. Yeah, this lady. is the black woman. But
2: this I is a show. Oh my God! By, it would have been way better. If I'm it was assuming white lady.
0: two white women.
2: That it was had, yes. a very powerful white woman energy. So it's like, oh, what should we have? You know, our woman of color cop dress up as to be undercover. Oh, give her dreadlocks. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: easy. Uh, well, All she right, hit her gun. I'm not can. even going to say that. Never mind.
3: So at this point, they they don't know each other. So they both pull out guns in a public place full of children, and they at like 11 at in the morning. Yep. That,
2: well, okay, that's like the first accurate sign of a <laughs> cop show. Like, yeah, that's a good is, start. Yeah, that's realism. Also, um, their boss appears to be because like there's there's a supervising officer who's an older white guy and he looks like Gavin McInnes, the founder of the Proud Boys, which I also he does. Thought was like <laughs> yeah. really on a very nice touch. I was like, this is definitely not intentional.
1: But yeah, that my, makes sense. my favorite part, like like you say, the the wokeness is very shoehorned in, but everything about like the script uh, of the show is so clunky and so lazy with its writing like uh the the opening shot is uh samantha in her car uh saying like you know like i might be a divorced woman with a son that's misbehaving but like oh, i'm God. still a good cop it's yeah. like well thank you. well really right off the bat we're gonna just launch into your entire character eh?" Tell, thank you tell don't show that's the goal yeah. <laughs>
3: um
1: it's <so> more they- <laughs> efficient
3: They end up arresting one child and then the other one gets away. They fight over a bag of cocaine for what feels like forever. Mm -hmm. And then we go to an interrogation room um, where we discover that the guy they arrested is part of the Stockwood crew, which is going to become the main villain of the season, I guess. Or maybe it's just this episode because I didn't watch it. Like they
1: spend the I watched uh, another two episodes after this and it's all Stockwood crew, baby.
3: And they fight about which team is better between guns and gangs and drugs. Also,
1: guns and gangs. I don't know anything about cops because I am a functioning human being. Guns and gangs sounds like a made up thing. Is there an actual? Yeah. Yeah. No, there is. Yeah, probably. F- Flashpoint
2: yeah, also. A what the a guns, stupid
0: fucking name. Flashpoint also guns has and gangs, baby. Yeah,
2: guns and gangs is like a a departmental <laughs> thing. So I, I was no, like, it so sounds cool. like, it
0: sounds like an actual gang.
2: I mean, if like, you don't, read,
0: don't <laughs> fuck with them. This is guns and gang t- games <laughs> in, in, totally. in, Calif- right.
2: in California, their de- like their sheriff's departments actually are actual gangs. So that's once true, again, yeah. very
0: accurate. I feel like across North America, most but, of the world.
1: Uh, so they're interrogating this kid, and I don't know if you have more details about this. I it all sort of washed over my brain, uh, but I was just struck by like literally they just soy at each other the whole <laughs> no, time like no, they're having up. like this soy argument like oh really you think like this well i think like it should be this way and they're like having this like weird like petty passive aggressive argument in front of this perp <laughs> just it's very strange
3: soy um, banter <laughs> They end up fighting about which team is better, the strategy for getting the gang, um, which one of the departments breaks the law more often. And mm. it ends with Kelly calling Samantha a Karen, which I thought <laughs> yes. was one of my favorite lines in the episode. Uh, and they obviously just like surfed the Internet and were like, cool slang everyone's using online yeah. now for like racial dialogue. S- so. Seconds
1: after it was a one 2 punch, they're like. Oh, you're Karen. Oh, gotcha. And then the Samantha comes back, and she says that she's the Marie Kondo yes, of cleaning okay. up the streets. I'm glad you mentioned this
2: because remember, this was filmed in September of 2020. The, yeah, like I don't even remember what the Marie Kondo show was called, but that was popular for like two weeks in March of 2020. So. Yeah,
3: that was a wave of. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was
2: like
1: 2018.
3: This show
2: that what was, was really like fun? while
1: while we oh, were yeah. still
2: in school. That's hilarious. That's so awesome. Uh. Yeah, so they do discuss the gray zone versus doing things by the books. And another interesting line was, uh, I don't remember which one of them said it. They're the same to me. Uh, Rules don't serve the best interests of the people, which isn't. Oh, interestingly- that's Kelly
3: because Kelly believes that. Oh, So they have this discussion later, but Kelly says she's a serve and protect cop and Samantha says that she's a law and order cop and Samantha loves rules and Kelly's like, we don't need rules. Cops just need to do what they feel in their hearts and that will actually be better Mm. for the community because rules are bad. What Um, I feel
1: in my heart is to pump this chihuahua full of lead.
3: Yeah, both options not great but we learned Samantha is a keener and has a 5 point system for for getting like what she wants at work i guess and uh, she complains to her boss about Kelly but then asks to become partners so that's where we set up the partnership that yeah. remains for the rest of the show so
1: they become partners and uh from the perp that they uh, soyed at forever i don't somehow they intimidated this twerp by saying uh oh really well like i'm like a shark and you're like a guppy if oh you think God. about it yeah
2: that was infuriating
1: yeah so they do that for like what feels like half an hour Uh, And then they're like, "Okay, we know where this guy is getting the drugs. It's in this one house. Let's go. We'll send the SWAT team. And then also we're there for some reason.
2: Yeah.
3: So they immediately SWAT a house when they become partners. Um, They go in and there is a child with a gun. A black child. An
2: actual child. Like, yeah, like like eight year earlier. We're talking like like 16, 17. This is an eight year old boy with a gun.
3: (laughs) Um, so the the 8-year-old boy with the gun points it at them. Um, Kelly goes up to talk to him and everyone else is yeah. like no you all, you're all gonna the other die. guys are like
1: you're going to die and they're, like, like they're screaming we just at the need kids, to kill like yeah. Him. <laughs> and these people are in like full body armor and have, yeah they're like, in full, Yeah, they've got bulletproof vests. They've and, got the whole shebang. And the house has once again to reiterate two children in it one
2: of whom has a gun that clearly does not know how to use it cuz he just has it like pointed at the floor most of the time and it's like 40 SWAT officers in full body armor and MP5s so I'm like that's awesome yeah which
3: like also reminder
2: that this is a comedy and yeah. also
3: after witnessing like the entire summer of protests and all these like horrible videos you want to make a lighthearted show and then you put a SWAT team and a, a like a young black boy with a gun in, in the it first it's like 10 oh minutes. my god this is <laughs> fun.
1: <laughs> uh, so kelly um she is like, no, 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 we can solve this without without guns. Like uh, the kid tells them to like all leave so or she he'll shoot. Like,
3: OK, we're going to leave. Yeah. He wants us to leave. <laughs> and at, at this
1: point, I was like, OK, well, like this black woman cop would have been shot in the head by one of her fellow officers well, yeah, by the cops. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Um, And then so they all leave. And outside, she tells the SWAT team that they're way too jacked up and convinces the SWAT team to stay back while she goes to have a chat with the child. She promises they're all going to leave. But then they cut to the next scene and he's in the back of a police car. So interesting.
2: Infuriating (laughs) once again. Yeah. At least they're honest. Uh, Like, uh, yes, cops lie to you. They never (laughs) tell you the truth.
3: Um, And then they search the house and find a bunch of cocaine. And then we're back at the station and they've put him in the care of a social worker immediately. So sad. But his. uh So they
1: bring in his dad and his mom and they're divorced. And then there's. His mom, played by
2: Tara Strong, uh, Bronies for all the all the My Little Pony fans that listen to this podcast, which I assume which is, is all of our fans, one hundred percent of the listenership. That's right, they have one of the ponies in this show. That's awesome.
1: Sorry, uh, which pony yeah. is she?
2: Oh wait, she's the uh, voice per- actor that does everything.
1: One. Yeah, the purple
2: That's one.
3: That's Tara Strong. Oh yeah. my God, we were just making fun of how her plastic surgery looked the whole time. Yeah, I feel it, bad. It's she's not like good. an incredible voice actor. Yeah, damn.
1: Yeah, the plastic a, surgery, <laughs> the plastic surgery is how you know that she's a bad guy. I couldn't mm. believe it. I was like, "Yeah, she looked,
2: unfortunately, not at her best," which is strange because she is a very like wonderful and beautiful
0: woman. But I don't know. In what fairness, she's, on. Yeah, she's at, done like Powerpuff Girls and yeah, fairly odd. Parents. She's in everything. She's done everything.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but like in fairness, as a CBC show, they have a requirement that every uh, you know star has to be a three or lower. Uh, so that's she just had to Fill that requirement She probably is the biggest star in this right like I've never Heard of anybody else no yeah me Except no. for oh, the, the
2: chief who's the bug eyed Lady from Shit's Creek but that's about it Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. M- Meredith McNeil The person who plays Samantha I think
3: she's in Baroness von Sketch but yeah oh, that's yeah. all I know that's a pretty big deal so, yeah, the, they question the kid's dad and mom. Yeah,
1: it becomes this dumb family drama for, like, five minutes.
3: And again, with the exposition, the mom... Dean was losing it over this because the mom just goes, I'm busy running my deceased father's trucking company and raising two children, one of whom's name is this. And like, okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you.
1: Awesome. Yeah, so then, uh, at this point, you know, they're done for the day. Samantha goes home and... Uh, she drives, of course, a smart car, which infuriated me. And she gets uh, to her like gorgeous uh, suburban yeah, home, very modern looking. How
2: does she afford this? Like She clearly has to be corrupt. Like oh, the, yeah. the houses in this, and remember, this is in Toronto. These are mm-hmm. like $1.5 million houses.
1: Yeah, and it, on single income, too. And even, uh,
2: even like the one for Tara Strong and her family that we see later is still a pretty nice house for this yeah. family that's supposed to be like destitute.
1: Yeah, every single like one of uh, Tara's line reads is like, oh, like, you know, our family, I'm just I want to put our kids through college. I want to put food on the table. And they're living in this like, Opulent, like maybe a little smaller than the other houses we see. It looks but still like, like really nice, really tastefully decorated uh, home. I was gonna say it looked like Drake and Josh's room,
3: yeah, <laughs> like <their> entire house, <laughs> <laughs> which is such a
1: weird touch.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but samantha's son is home yes and he's elliot. having a
1: party elliot is such a fucking kid. so she
3: walks in and there's many teenagers that she doesn't know and she tells them all to get the fuck out and then she confronts elliot and he tries to grab her gun off <laughs> her belt <laughs> and she's just like haha no don't do that
1: well so what happens is uh She's like, Elliot, you have to get all these kids out of this house or I'm going to have to use the G word. And he's like, G word? You mean gun? And then he reaches for the officer's service weapon. Reaching for my mom's (laughs)
2: service weapon. That's awesome. Happy Mother's Day.
1: Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Like, Elliot is the biggest pimp alive. I love him so much. He looks like... uh...
2: Trevor Lawrence, who is the first overall draft pick for the NFL. As in, he's just, like, a tall white guy with, like, weirdly blondish ginger hair. But I couldn't get over that. Like he Yeah, that he identical. wears, like, to
1: his shoulders. Yeah. He was then... the only
2: part of the show worth
0: seeing.
3: Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, he is so cool. And, like, all he, like, his, his mother is, like, sort of portrayed as, like, this, like, hapless. Like, she's sort of, like, nerdy and dorky. And he's sort of bullies her and uh, yeah he he chads her he does like alpha behavior it's like she's like getting picked on by the popular kid at school but it's her own son and she's in her mid 40s (laughs) it's awesome it's so fucking cool
3: And when she kicks his friends out, he also just leaves. And he's yeah, like, and he's like, OK, I'll I leave fuck too. You. fuck off. <laughs> um, so then she's in bed and she says the word YOLO out loud. Um, oh, fuck. because yes. she's trying to like flirt with this man through uh, online dating. But then he he says something about where to put a baton. And then she flips out and says she's going to kill him, essentially. Yeah,
1: she's like, I gave you uh, the address that I gave you. That's the wrong address. If you go there, uh, the cops will find you don't ever call me again etc cetera, etc cetera.
3: so then kelly shows up at her home at night and then we have a very so much just yeah, we have the, the greatest line in the show um yeah, heart to heart ever is. which is they start with the you law so the quote is you law and order cops are part of the problem i'm a servant protect cop um so kelly breaks the rules to keep people safe samantha says she loves rules and then samantha says i am aware of my privilege to kelly uh, <laughs>
2: and then
3: <laughs> kelly you know starts how cops laughing. talk to each
2: other well she also says i am an ally i am aware of my privilege and i am an <laughs> yeah, ally which, that's right made me oh my scream i was like this show <laughs> at that point i was like okay some I, of these lines I, I, are I don't know how you read.
1: found flashpoint more compelling than this because as soon oh as i God. saw that i was like i'm hooked on this because flashpoint is honest
3: <laughs> yeah that's just so but
1: transparent I, I much i much prefer uh, again uh, taking apart like like a surgeon the subtle nuances that is like liberal cop brain rot <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, there's some lines that, you know, Sam says that are meant to be, like, ironic and out of touch, like YOLO. But her saying, I'm aware of my privilege and I am an ally, is meant to what? be incredibly sincere. And yeah. it's well, the like, funniest, 100% funniest line sure. do, in the whole show. They
3: do play it as kind of a joke, though. Like, Kelly laughs after, which I was like, okay, that's at least good. If they played it straight, I would lose my mind. But even putting it in at all, along with, like, how sort of cop defending and liberal the rest of the show is just made me want to scream. It was insane. I imagine,
0: I imagine Kelly just being like, Thank you for <laughs> your service. <laughs> I really appreciate what you do for the community. Well
2: even her laugh and then they bow. like that was and a joke. She's just like, shut the fuck up. Like I can't believe you're saying that to me basically. <laughs>
3: Um, so they talk about how it's hard being black and or a woman in the force. Um, and then we cut to the next scene when Kelly decodes some like this, online. This oh, was yeah. so cool. Social so media like, language. Kelly, uh,
1: as the black cop, does like weird, like sort of electronic ebonics. And like she figures out it's almost like she's a she's got a level in rogue and she knows thieves can't. So she can read these Facebook posts and just understand like, oh, they're going to meet at like this place at this time to go to this storage locker. And uh, I know this because they said uh, holla at your Frito-Lay or I have no idea. Also,
2: the at of the, the white drug dealing kid. Uh, is crunk b-boy <laughs> yes. Which yes. I, yes. I thought was incredible I was like this show has its finger on the pulse
3: And I also <laughs> love how the, the two Drug dealers were just discussing this Over their public yeah, yeah just On profiles. their facebook <laughs> walls They even say it's
2: like oh why not dms It's like oh those can be misconstrued Or something it's like no they're just like Commenting on each other's instagram like thirst Picks it's like can you come <laughs> to the Airport and pick up the package
0: <laughs> Give me the
2: drugs now please Thank god super cops on the case
1: yeah.
3: Um, so they end up catching the little boy with the gun. His older sister um, is like part of the yeah, drug. She's the circle. girlfriend
1: of the guy who supplies the drugs.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So um, they get the teen girl to rat out her boyfriend uh. by using what they term as modern policing, which, which was just like, saying that she won't go to jail if she does. Yeah. if She rats so him th- out. This is our, our second <laughs>
1: interrogation. Uh, Like, I've watched a few more episodes. Every episode has at least two interrogation scenes. And each one is exactly like this, where at first I was like oh my god, like this soy dialogue, it's just, it's terrible. They're all, like, they just argue with each other. They barely talk to the perp at all. It doesn't make any sense. And then I realized that this is actually a genius technique that I think cops should employ in real life. It's sort of like a, it's a verbal kinetic, uh, you know, wearing down of the defenses, where if you, you they just sort of bludgeon them with soy. Where you just, you talk, (laughs) and you're so fucking annoying, and so up your own ass, uh, that the person will tell you anything to get you out of the room.
0: Uh, It's it's truly genius. They bring you into the interrogation room, and they're like, have you seen my Funko Pop collection? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm I'm guilty, I'll say it right away. (laughs) Uh,
1: So you're dealing cocaine, that's a little on the nose, isn't it? Shouldn't you be uh, dealing something less illegal?
0: holy fuck i would go to jail <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even do it i would yeah. just be like yeah okay
1: yeah. please god go away from lock me. me up
3: who the
0: fuck are these people
3: um so they work with the girl to set up a meetup and they through their new school of policing tactics which is a word they use um they decide to not use a sniper to just immediately murder the drug well, dealer you're, you're
1: glossing over something very important okay to me, uh which is before that uh Uh Oh, Elliot got in a fight. There was an altercation at the school. We have to quickly uh, before we go to the sting, uh, we have to go pick up Elliot, uh, get him out of detention. Uh, So they they go to the school to get Elliot, who has a bloody nose because he's fought someone. He basically stole three hundred dollars from some guy and then the guy beat the shit out of him for it. But the, the creme de la creme of this scene is that Elliot is wearing a defund the police shirt oh fuck yeah, yes that was <laughs> kind of
2: honestly the thing that made me the maddest because it's like oh that's what they think of people who want to defund the police that were like yeah. stupid yeah. fuck ups the, and morons they're snotty teenagers well, who are also criminals <laughs> that's, that's the part yeah, where I was are. like this show fucking sucks and I hope I it gets cancelled
3: and they're just like rebelling against their parents by saying yeah. like uh, defund the police and is we're,
2: cool we'll get into More with Flashpoint and why I think Flashpoint is the karmically better show than this. This show, yeah, this show is more evil. Yeah, it makes passing glances at being like, oh no, we're we're addressing the issues and we're we're willing to have a discussion about policing, but they're not because all they do is just be like, oh look at this fucking stupid asshole in the defund the police shirt. We're talking about a new school of police work where we make an 18-year-old girl enter a parking garage and get immediately like fucking thrown into the line of danger. Uh,
1: yeah, and have 30 guns pointed at her and <laughs> within two minutes.
2: Where we go to a house with a 8-year-old boy holding a gun, and we point 3,000 guns at him, but it's okay because uh, this gigantic, sassy cop is able to talk him down while we still have 600 guns pointed at him. It's like, awesome, that's fucking sick. I love this show. Yeah,
1: it's, it's extremely good.
3: Yeah, so... We're back at the meetup with the teen girl, um, which we've decided, again, remember to not snipe her boyfriend in the head. Uh, So she's just sent out with a wire uh, to, like, get him to prove that he is a drug dealer. And and the
1: cops say specifically to her before she goes out to get him angry so they can get (laughs) more information, which is a great thing to do with a... A violent drug dealer uh, that has already uh, given a gun to a child. Let's remember, they coerced this 18-year-old girl into
2: doing this by threatening to send her to jail for just having cocaine. Like,
1: Mm -hmm. possession, essentially. And that's the other thing about the show that's so fucking evil, is that, like, the entire arc of the season, from what I can tell, is just, like, fighting drug dealers. Like, fighting guys uh, who have cocaine, which is just cool and a normal thing to do. (laughs)
3: So they end up sending her out after having this whole dialogue where, like, the white people don't know that cheesed means mad, which... Doesn't everyone know
1: that cheese means mad? Yeah, cheese means mad what in 2003.
3: <laughs> what are people from? What are they talking about?
2: <laughs> Did the people who make Rookie Blue like do they have a traumatic brain injury? Like seriously? Like there's uh, so many strange choices in this. I hate these people.
1: Jesse, I, I have to let you know uh, the the main producer of this show and Rookie Blue also produced Flashpoint. That's so awesome. That They're, It's all the same person. <laughs> and that's
2: so the funny producer? they got way less interesting as the years went on. They
1: really blew their load on the first show they made. It's uh, Tassie Cameron uh, has cool been a writer name. and executive producer on Flashpoint, Private Eyes, Rookie Blue, Mary Kills People, and 10 Days in the Valley, as well They're... as this beloved show whose name I have forgotten again.
2: They don't list her
1: as a producer in the one I'm looking
0: at.
3: I think she probably writes for all of them, but yeah. she's pretty high up on pretty hard cases. But uh, so back at the at the meetup with this teen girl, uh, she ends up just being told the entire story by it ends up being the kid with the gun's dad who we thought was a nice guy what? Done, done, done. but he just gets out of the car and says to the teenage girl yeah it's me i'm the main drug dealer and everyone works yeah, for me and it's
1: like awesome. cool yeah. Yeah.
3: case closed <laughs> i guess I, I do just awesome. have to
1: pepper in that the sort of the subordinate drug dealer the white kid uh, that the daughter was dating uh, also uh, says when she confronts him, like, oh, you gave my little brother a gun, like, that's sort of fucked up. He says, quote, I was younger than him when I heard when I held my first piece. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Thank
2: <good>. you.
0: Ooh.
3: <laughs> Saucy. Uh, so, and w- my comment on this show was, aside from being, you know, so stupid in the way that they try to, like, girl boss cops or whatever. It just also, the cases they present, they, like, say the case at the beginning. And they're like, we're trying to catch this guy. And then they have two scenes of them actually trying to do anything regarding the case. And then at the end, they're like, check mark, we got the guy. And most of it's just them, like, trying to go on Tinder or picking their son up from school. It's so boring. But we end off with the teenage girl going home to Tara Strong, who decides that she is now going to take over the drug dealing business yes. now that the this dad's uh, the son's dad was arrested. And so she's going to worm her way in to be the head honcho of this whole operation here because her trucking company is failing.
1: Yeah. Then play a 2012 metric song, Fade to Black. Beautiful. Wow. Uh, so I watched a couple more episodes of this. Uh, I would like to report that it doesn't get better. Uh, there's a lot. It becomes a sort of like monster of the week thing uh, <laughs> briefly uh, where they're like they're doing some other things. And then there's they have like this drug bust like on the on the back burner for a bit. So uh, Tara Strong's character becomes a was is basically like the, the third main character. We follow her around a great deal God. where uh, she's like working her way up through like this like drug ring. And uh, she's girl bossing crime. Uh, there's numerous scenes that I, I saw where she is uh, underestimated and put down by the uh, male drug dealers, and then she outsmarts them uh, in order to secure the bag. There are, is some more dumb bullshit with like people dating. Uh, they introduce like more side characters that are cops that no one cares about. Uh, there's one guy who's getting a divorce and his character is that he's getting a divorce, <laughs> which is pretty funny. But he's it also like a young, funny. handsome guy. And they're all like, well, it's good that you're getting a divorce because you were too nice for your wife. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. He only, he only uh, hit her twice a day instead of the traditional <laughs> 10 times. Exactly. But uh, I do just have one thing that I would like to share, which is Tara sends her daughter to uh, seduce Elliot because she's like, Oh, like that one cop that was investigating this. Uh, she's got a, a teenage son. She can't control. I need you to like get in with him. Uh, so the daughter goes and does this. And there is, there's definitely going to be like some sort of like uh, romantic, like falling out or something. Like they're setting them up as like major characters too, which is boring. My favorite part of the whole show is, is uh Elliot comes down to talk to his mom. he secretly got a girl in his bed uh, and is just like trying to play it cool while he like I don't know gets some pop tarts or something and uh, like his mom is like, oh like you wouldn't care if I died uh, like no no one likes me like she's like bemoaning because she's had some hiccup in her case. She says t- to him in particular, like you hate all cops and you like you just want to get rid of us all anyway so like why am I talking to you? And uh, he says, like, well, like... You know that doesn't mean that what you do Isn't badass oh boy. Uh, And that's you're awesome. one of the good ones right
3: Good <laughs> god So like wearing Hell a defund yeah. the police Shirt but then saying there are the good Cops Yes, yeah, the good
1: cops that do Badass shit. Yes, yeah, so Awesome. <laughs> Thank defund you.
3: all The police except you know the cool yeah. good ones I They're know. Awesome. I, that like the that was the Heartbreaking
1: part for me was when Elliot uh, Turned heel there <laughs> I think but, that's, that's gonna be our new take Is that you should get rid of the police except
0: for the SWAT,
1: <laughs>
2: mm, <laughs> gotcha. yeah, because yeah. awesome. swatting
0: people on stream is fun. <laughs> yeah, they're, all cops are bastards except for the cool ones. That's yeah, right. yeah I, I that's like the it's... politics
3: of this show. It's like you know, some cops, um you may think they're bad, but you know, that's only a few bad apples, and most of us are cool, awesome lady gals having fun. And
1: it's yeah, like, oh yeah, so like cool. they're. There are two male cops in the show. Yeah, sorry. There's only one white male dude. Two male dudes, in particular, and they're like chief or like whoever they report to. I don't know what her title is. Is a black lesbian woman.
2: Yeah, we're 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 queering the police. Yeah, it's it's it's
1: rainbow washing the Toronto police, a a famously multicultural uh, division. Yay. Uh, it's one of the worst shows I've ever
2: seen, and I <laughs> I, I sincerely, like, we need to get rid of the CanCon requirements so this show cannot have a second season.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I am actually going to be voting for O'Toole uh, in hopes that he will defund the CBC. That would <laughs> Honestly,
2: at this point, I think getting rid of the CBC would probably do more good than bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just TV. Just TV. I like the radio shows. Yeah, yeah the radio's fine. pretty good. <laughs> We can keep the radio The radio is like High quality content
2: Yeah The TV shows uh, Just wait Folks Once Communist Daughter Gets released You know we're gonna We're gonna dive
1: deep I forgot about Communist Daughter We're gonna have to Watch that whole thing Yeah of course Obviously
0: Oh definitely
1: Uh, Before we move on Are there any final Things
2: we wanna say About pretty hard cases
1: I would rather Never talk about this Again personally Yeah I agree
0: Even though I didn't watch um, Flashpoint, can I can I say something really cool about Flashpoint? Yes. Yeah. Well, before we, we get right into it, Stephanie Morgenstern, yes. the, uh, one of the creators, is also uh, Sailor Venus from Sailor Moon. That's so sick. What? What
3: the heck?
0: So many yeah.
1: anime connections here. I consider My Little Pony an anime, for the record. It is. Yeah. Oh,
0: God. No, he's no, right. Um, uh... It's an, an anime. Right. I'm convinced. Uh, it's
1: animated. That makes it anime. Okay.
0: Now... If it's on DeviantArt, it's anime.
2: <laughs> for what I consider to be maybe the most honest depiction of the police, and yet also one like such a strange fantasy world, we have Flashpoint, which was originally developed in 2005, which I think makes a lot of sense uh, when you <laughs> assess the culture that this show puts forth, But it wouldn't be released until 2008. It is a show about a fictionalized version of the Toronto Emergency Task Force. This one is the Strategic Response Unit, the SRU. Essentially, Mm. it's a show about SWAT officers, but they have a different spin on things, where they're led by a, a negotiator, so they try and talk down people before they blow them away with military weaponry.
3: Oh, I didn't... That's what it's supposed to be? They are famously extremely bad at that, if that's the goal of the team. (laughs)
2: Uh, Another funny thing about Flashpoint, although it is set in Toronto, the executive producer at first was like, yeah, we don't want this to be a Canadian show. Like, we're not going to hype up where we're from.
3: Yeah, their badges say Metropolitan.
2: (laughs) Yeah. For the first little bit. Eventually, they give up and they just start showing shots of Toronto. But I think the game was given away in the first episode when you have people saying, Sorry. Like, Mm. (laughs) the thickest Canadian accents on literally every single person. And what's interesting is that uh, this show actually aired in the United States as well. Although it was aired on CTV here in Canada, uh, it was picked up by, well, it was on Hulu, it was on CBS, which is a major network television. The first first season averaged 7.61 million viewers per episode.
3: Okay. Oh my God. No so- offense, Jesse. I know you like it, but I found this oh, show like so it. boring. I was Ugh. like so bored the whole time. I have no idea how it got this many views. Holy shit!
2: I can tell you why it got this many views because, like. It would get about a million views in Canada and then, yes, like seven million in the United States because this is actually what it's like to be a cop in the United States or at least what they role play it as where you get to wear, you know, your big tack vest, You get to roll up in your military Humvee and just point a gun at a mentally ill person and hope that you have a chance to shoot them. That's like it's not a surprise why. And I will also say, yeah, the first episode sucks, but the show gets more unhinged as it goes along. But let's let's discuss this first episode shouting
1: in Croatian.
2: Yes. So the first episode titled Scorpio. It begins with a vaguely Eastern European man holding a woman hostage. And it's a common thing in this show where it starts off with something and then they flash back to a few hours
1: before. In medius res, baby. It's like an epic saga. Every single episode starts with that.
2: Uh, we're introduced to some of the members of the team. There are two bald men, uh, one who is fat and one who is the lead singer of the Headstones. Uh, <laughs> now, I thought the Headstones were the people that did mm-mm-mm. And I was like, "Oh, they have one song I like." No,
1: okay, that's Crash Test Dummies. What the fuck is wrong
2: with you? You don't know that.
0: Headstones did uh, "Smile and Wave," baby. I think the headstones. Oh, like Penguins
1: of Madagascar.
0: I love that. Literally
1: zero
2: songs I like, and I think they might be the worst band I've ever heard. Like, I think you can't
0: say that on Kingston Airwaves. No, they (laughs) they suck shit. Their cover of "Tweeter" and the Monkey Man makes me
2: want to crash my car. So, they get this call about a hostage situation occurring in the square. As they're going through, we get a discussion amongst the cops... Uh, and there's a line that I flagged, which was, if every day was Christmas, it wouldn't be Christmas, which is in reference to arresting people on drug charges. So <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what say, does that mean?
3: When we do the flashback and we see like the main character and his bud in his home, his son is practicing cello at 7 a.m. And then the yeah. mom's like, stop, you need to go to school as if he's like a bad child for yeah. practicing his cello at 7 a.m. Th-
1: that That's how you know that you have like a psychotically trained son. <laughs> Like he's just he's so desperate to not get hit that he's practicing cello at seven in the morning That family
2: dynamic is like a key piece of the show and it's by far the worst aspect of the show It's so boring what the fuck and it never gets more interesting uh so we see our, our Eastern European man. I know what nationality he is, but I'm not going to reveal it until they do. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's going around. He heads to this office building where he tries to speak with his ex-wife. Uh, 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 that
3: was the relationship? Custodian.
2: Yeah. Her name is oh. Martha. Uh, and he tells her, like, oh, you have to come back to me. It's, you know, this... This domestic dispute. Then he just shoots her dead and takes this random white woman as a hostage.
3: Was there subtitles on this that I was missing? Yeah.
2: Yes. I Did you not read this? Could said you not see all? the bottom I of the screen? I don't know. Maybe
3: my, it was covered by I was leaning back. But I was like, this is a really long scene and I have no idea what's going on. I are such an I idiot. Wrote, Croatian man going crazy on subway. Yeah, they,
2: they, they had like a five minute unsubtitled scene of a Croatian man swearing and attacking his wife. <laughs> I was like,
3: this is awesome.
2: Cool. <laughs> so it's that so guard. He takes a woman hostage, puts a gun to her hand, and then we get the opening Credits. Nine minutes into this episode, I was like, "Who do you think you are, <laughs> putting your opening title scene ten minutes into your show?" Well, uh, it's the pilot. You have to be a little more artistic. No, but they do that every single. There was, <laughs> one, there was one where the title card came in at the fifteen-minute mark. <laughs> and I was like fuck oh, off. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, so they get the call, the team, and uh, we see Ed, that's the the headstone guy,
1: sexually harassing his coworker. Yeah, he's... He's grilling her for information about whether or not she slept with some dude last night. And I he wanna- does that a lot, including later on in the episode with the psychiatrist.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I also want to say they practice like their compound literally looks like a thing from a Marvel movie. Yes. Like when they yeah, walk up at the beginning, exactly there's people that. rappelling down from the sides. They go in and there's yeah. all these climbing to the walls, front office. It's like all this high tech computers. And this is supposed to be the Toronto
1: yeah. police. Like it, okay, I, for a second I was like. <laughs> oh this is like Tony Stark's lab and then I realized do you guys remember Rescue Heroes oh yeah yeah of course it's like Rescue Heroes for grown-ups like they, they have like grown-ups. all this special equipment and like each of them has like their own special thing that they're good at uh, oh, yeah. and like, but instead of helping people uh, by you know stopping forest fires or getting them out of uh, you know like tornado zones or whatever it's just again shooting people in the street And it's in, like, once again,
2: the implications of this world where you have the money to create, yes, the rescue hero compound for these psychotic, like, military role players. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, imagine what even 10% of the budget that went towards creating the Avengers Tower for, you know, domestic assault perpetrators could have been used for in that city. There is a later episode, uh, I want to say, like, season two, where uh, they're going through this neighborhood and it's like... The episode is essentially Death Wish, where they have a vigilante they're pursuing. And one of the cops is like, oh, I grew up in this neighborhood. It's, it's really changed. Things have gotten worse. And he's like, well, you have a problem? Take it up with the city council. When it was good back in those days, that's because there were, quote, more cops walking around.
1: <laughs> yeah. So
2: that really, like, <laughs> now we're all in bumfuck nowhere doing
1: karate at each other.
2: And I understand that, like, for the show to work, you need to have, you know, like, multiple events occurring. But, like, in their version of Toronto, there is, like a world-changing, like, criminal event happening literally every other day. (laughs) (laughs) This show is more like 24 than it is Law & Order, in the
1: sense that it's It does. It has very 24 vibes, yeah. Like,
2: overwhelmingly, where there's this ambient vibe of, like, terror could break out at any minute, and the only thing keeping, keeping us safe are, you know, these cops. And it's like, the world they've created is such a psychotic one. This episode is so quaint compared to later ones, which... Which I'll get to at the end. I have a wrap up of some of the more uh, fascinating concepts they tackled. So they go down to the square where the hostage taking is
1: occurring. On the way there, there was a a line that I thought was really interesting, which was uh, as they're driving there, they're like... We oh, we got to hurry. Every unit in the district is going to want a piece of this. They
2: also (laughs) like we have to compete to see who gets to shoot the guy, (laughs) which is also insane, (laughs) given that later on, it's shown that they just have jurisdiction over anywhere in the city and they can just like kick cops out. Uh, They are also like assigning roles. And uh, the lead officer tells the one guy, Lewis, you're with less lethal. And he goes, "Ugh." Saddled oh with less god. lethal again. Uh, you want to know what happens to that guy, Lewis, the one who complains about being saddled with less lethal?
1: Does what? he get murdered? He does die. Do you want to take a guess as to how he dies? Because I guarantee you're not oh going to Oh my god, get, no, get no, it. no, 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 no. Don't tell me it's because he did not have a lethal weapon on him no, to no, defend no. himself. Okay, nope. okay. But do you think he was like shot,
2: run over? Like, How do you think he buys the farm?
1: Uh, his wife took revenge on him.
2: No, uh he steps on a landmine planted in the middle of <laughs> Toronto. Oh my god.
3: killed. When Once they get again.
1: <laughs> Just outside the pizza pizza. They
3: dug up a like a concrete sidewalk block to put it in. You're there. not
2: <laughs> far cool. from the truth. It was an episode about <laughs> eco-terrorists which oh, was handled god. responsibly and very tastefully. Well, that's spoilers
1: for for how uh, our podcast will end.
2: Inshallah.
3: I also when when they get there they say let's keep the peace and they're holding like the most yes. massive rifles of all time. <laughs> that is
2: one of the funniest lines and that is their like that is their catchphrase and they do that at one point in the show when they're like literally like driving a tank.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like okay. <laughs> uh,
2: so they set up There's a, a blonde man who I call the Hunk who arrives on the scene and yeah, just He like,
1: looked like a Marvel character too I called him yeah.
2: Quicksilver the whole time And he becomes uh, as you can imagine Like a main character in the show There's a particularly funny episode I'll discuss very briefly in a bit involving him uh, We get lots of Tom Clancy Shots of the team gearing up So this is just like if you've ever read a Tom Clancy Book which I don't recommend because they are Terrible he spends like eight or nine pages per chapter just talking about Like the gun that the operator is holding.
3: I literally wrote down snipers get set up for like 45 minutes because (laughs) half (laughs) of this episode is like the woman and and the main dude are the two that get sent up in the building to go set up their snipe and it's just like watching her walk through a hallway and then the door's locked and then she goes the other way and I'm like oh my god (laughs) please just get there this is so annoying.
1: And she's got like a guy doing intel from the back of a truck and he's like yeah just go through there and she's like oh I can't go through there. There's construction. He's like, oh, well, there's another entrance. Let me see if I can find it for you. It's like, it just, it seemed like the sort of thing that would happen in like a heist movie or something, but like you're going, like you're going through an empty office building. Like I don't, I don't see Uh, what the issue is with construction or anything. They're building tension. So (laughs) it is revealed that our
2: gunman is Croatian. To which I said, Croatia, Serbia, number one, which I ended up being justified in that. Uh, More procedural bullshit stuff happens. Uh, Ed, who's the headstone cop, he gets set up into position. And uh, as he's staring down his sniper scope, looking at this Croatian man, he mutters to himself, you want to dance? Let's dance. I wrote
3: that down, too.
2: When he gets the order to take the shot, he says, copy, with so much excitement. Uh, before yeah, he can no, do he, anything. He
1: is salivating.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, and that's the thing where I was like, oh, this show is honest about cops where they just cannot wait. They're frothing at the mouth to kill someone. Uh, before he can take the shot, the man's son arrives. Okay, would you like to know something hilarious about... His son about-
3: looks five years younger than him. Did anyone yes. else think the dad looked... And old enough to be this dude's dad Like I feel like they just thought he looked old Because he had a unibrow But I was like this is like a 40 year old and a 30 year old What okay. is this show So about <laughs> the son
2: The son ends up becoming a primary antagonist Later on in the season Yes Oh my yes! god they killed him <laughs> <kid>. Croatian revenge <laughs> Because Ed takes the shot Or what he calls the solution Where he blows out this mentally ill Croatian man He blows his brains out in front of his son So at the end of this season, the final episode, it's revealed that the man's son fought in like the Bosnian Wars and was like the most decorated sniper in all of fucking Croatia. And he goes on a campaign (laughs) of terror to kill headstone cop. That's incredible
1: That is so perfect (laughs) And I laughed out
2: loud When you get to that point it's like You killed my father And I'm like oh my god (laughs) Every single person in this universe Has like military level skills Uh, Also after Ed takes the shot And kills this man All of his colleagues are shocked Because he has like Some kind of remorse or negative emotion where he's like clearly shaken by the fact that he murdered a man in public. Yeah,
3: What I didn't understand was the framing of this, because after he kills him, there's like 10 minutes of just somber shots of everyone (laughs) looking sad at him. And you're like, is he sad? He seemed really excited earlier, so I don't know what's happening. And then everyone's like, don't even worry about it, man. You did the best job ever. Like you did such a good job. But then immediately he's under investigation by the SIU. So I was like, what? Now, okay.
2: the SIU thing is at, like, essentially any time... The cops shoot anyone. Theoretically, they get an SIU investigation. They don't ever result in anything. They always find there was no wrongdoing by the officer. But and that, that is was what so happens. interesting
3: in the show too, because they say to him, "You know the, you drill. Know the drill." Like yeah. he's used to this. And then they're in a <laughs> meeting with the like SIU lawyer, and the guys just like, "Just get through it." Like yeah. he's on paid vacation for now. Yeah, and, it's and like, and, like oh they, they frame God. like the
1: investigator as some sort of like hard ass. Like, uh, without any empathy for what, like, our cop is going through. Just, just like, a complete asshole. While Ed is, like, stoically like, Oh, sorry, I gotta talk to my wife about how I can't go to her dad's birthday party.
2: (laughs) Now, there are not one, not two, but three episodes after this where the SIU is, like... And it's the exact same plot every single time where it's, like, they're trying to break up the team. And every single one of those episodes is... The worst episode of television you'd ever seen <laughs> including <laughs> one that is just a clip show. I'm like, oh
1: my god! How drawing- much
2: of this show did you watch? I, I'll explain my methodology in selecting <laughs> episodes because I, I had a good a good scheme that worked. So, this like,
3: one seems to end with like the psychiatrist asks him like you like are you okay and then he makes some joke about sleeping with her or something yes. and then he just goes yeah you'll be fine you'll always be fine you're whatever his name is I have no idea and yeah. then they go to the bar and then he looks into the mirror oh, sadly Megan, and you're I, like, I will, maybe it is getting to him. I will
2: get to that <laughs> uh, so our blonde hunk the Marvel protagonist uh, approaches the female cop and says you don't see lady snipers that's sexy.
1: Which I thought <laughs> so uh, cool. Those two become an item and end the show oh, together. Oh, cool! So, well, of course they do. But yeah, he, like uh, <laughs> the context tried. for for our viewers is that this person has not identified him as a himself as a cop. No, exactly. Just walks like through like a sea. Like there must have been like one hundred police officers yeah, police at this crime scene barrier.
2: Yeah. and then yeah. he offers I, to show her his guns. <laughs> <laughs> he's like I've got two pearl pearl-handled, gripped uh, And then they just like kick his ass And he's like oh <laughs> yeah. uh, So cool We then yes Megan we get to the thing Where he sexually harasses his psychologist Then Essentially what I wrote is Cops will seriously kill an Eastern European dude instead of going to therapy Which I think is a, a deep insight Of it, what they need and yeah. then Decompresses by uh, going to a Shooting range and firing five 50 caliber bullets <laughs> into a target
3: Which was so Like that was the so part I thought was like unhinged
1: psychotic
2: because yeah.
3: he Had just that was like right after The thing with the SIU where they're like you need to Take a break man like you just killed someone And then he just goes to the shooting range you're like this man's <laughs> fucked they <laughs> then
2: follow that up by him going to the cops retirement where all the cops clap when they see ed who had for the record murdered a man earlier that day <laughs> oh
0: my god this is this is such psycho shit and that's it why is. i
2: say this is the most honest depiction of the police in any media ever where they're all just like psychotic <laughs> lunatics who are braying and praying for death, uh, Sam. And,
1: and the only way that they can connect with anyone or each other is through uh, celebration of murder. So our uh,
2: Sam, our hunk, uh, jo- says he's joining the cops. He's ex-military who served in Afghanistan. Uh, do you want to know why he left the military? <laughs> Uh,
1: conscientious objection.
2: <laughs> uh, no, he sniped his best friend in friendly fire from oh two god. kilometers away. Oh my god, why would they write
1: no. that? Fuck. Uh,
2: <laughs> he then joins the team and they, one of the members asks, how many Al-Qaeda's did you take out? Which is...
3: How? Ooh. Okay, in real life, imagine you kill an American soldier, like your friend, Canadian. by accident, and then... True, and then they're like, "Yeah, do you want to be on a special like force where you're supposed to judge use of like weaponry after the fact against That's civilians?" Awesome. <laughs> yeah, cool.
2: Yeah, and so then the episode ends with Ed, the headstone cop, freaking out in the bathroom. This show. Only escalates from here So I mentioned the one episode where uh, The son of the Croatian man Murdered by the police tries to get revenge That one, I think was Indicative of where the show goes Uh, Some of the episodes I watched I I love the Monster of the Week Format, especially when they have Absolutely insane Episode descriptions There's a school shooting episode
3: Mm. In fact,
2: there's two school uh, Lockdown related episodes In back-to-back seasons uh, oh, hell yeah. One of which, like, the bullying on display is where they, like, the Chad just grabs this kid, stuffs garbage in his mouth, and makes him say, I'm gay, into a camera phone.
1: is <laughs> 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 okay. <like>, awesome. <laughs> and, like, I've been paying guys to do that to me.
2: Yeah, I, I, it was great. It was so funny. There's the vigilante one I mentioned where it talks about how, you know, gentrification... Is, is good if there's cops around uh, The <laughs> episode after that Is where an ex-military Ex-junior hockey player Booby traps an arena To stop it from being demolished
1: <laughs> Like he home alones it? <laughs> yes, he actually home alones it I'm not even kidding This is
2: a season finale uh, What? <laughs> yeah Oh, the first episode of the third season is one where this kid thinks he's a psychopath and he, like, starts studying serial killers, but it turns out he's just autistic. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm not kidding. Oh,
0: no. <laughs>
2: but who's <amongst laughs> among us, though. And it's like the, the fat Italian cop is the one who's like, oh, you're not a cy- psychopath. You just, uh, you've got low-spectrum autism. Let me help you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Okay, get this. There's one where a schizophrenic man goes into an Islamic restaurant, like an Islamic owned business, and then holds everybody at gunpoint. He's asking for the owner of the restaurant. They find out the owner of the restaurant's on a a terror registry, which, uh uh-oh, that seems bad. Then it's all a big misunderstanding. They call the guy's social worker in, and then they discover that it's his social worker who put this schizophrenic man up to doing right-wing terror.
3: Okay, Uh so sorry, there's, like, a a terrorist and then a restaurant owner who's also a terrorist and then a social worker who is a terrorist. No, it's just
1: the social worker told him, to like, oh, there's a terrorist in the city. His name is (laughs) Mohammed. And Uh, he's like, okay.
2: His name is Fayed. (laughs) Ah. Then there's one I haven't watched yet. Because I can't bring myself to watch it. But I'm just going to read the title and the description for you. Uh, And this would have been released around 2011. Season 4, Episode 2. Good Cop. Team 1's armed escort of a police officer acquitted of killing an unarmed black student is jeopardized by a riotous mob.
3: Oh, oh my god! god. No. I don't think they're tackling the
2: that. hard stuff. Yeah, I don't oh think I can watch. God. Like, I should watch it for the sake of assessing this show and seeing how you know truly cop-brained it is. But I, 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 I just don't think I can
0: do it.
3: No, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's just too much. Uh, I can never watch Sailor Moon again. Would you like to know how like the final two episodes of
2: the series? Because I actually saw these on TV when they were released and thought they were ridiculous. Yeah. So the final two episodes, it's a two-parter called Keep the Peace, in which a series of bombs is placed around the city. Uh, so it blows up, causes all these disasters. And then in the second part, it's revealed that the bombs were placed by a university professor who was doing MKUltra experiments on his students, but also like in a <laughs> sexual way. and okay. Jordan Peterson. Honestly, he kind of looked like him too, and they go to his his hideout and he detonates a dirty bomb which kills one of the team members.
1: Ooh. Hell yeah.
2: And like that's Damn. just how the show ends. Like they they get him in the end, but it's Why kill
3: a character in the last episode
2: That was was sick, that's ballsy That's what you gotta do, they kill all kinds of people in this show
3: I know, but you know I feel like the interesting part is dealing with it after But I guess not, I guess the interesting part is Showing it in your promos, being like Does he die? And the answer is "Well, It sounds
0: more like like an action show than anything That's the thing, this
3: show
2: is not going to dive into Any issues at all There's Hmm. another one where they go It's like, oh, this rehab center is actually a cult And they try and do Jonestown stuff and the entire episode is just dedicated to the action, and there's nothing about like repercussions or literally anything as to why this is happening. They're like, "Woo, okay, good job, guys," and they just like walk <laughs> away, like dusting Jesus their hands. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I think uh, Flashpoint is the greatest television show of all time, uh, mm-hmm. and the most honest depiction of law enforcement. It kind of has a shield quality to it, where the action is over the top, and the implications of the world that they live in is that you know terror lurks in every corner. Uh, Every stranger you meet is just secretly plotting to destroy you and your way of life. And that the only people that can stop them is a series of fun super cops with their fingers on the trigger and death and desire inside their hearts. it
3: sounds very war on terror-y.
2: It's extremely war on terror-y, which is why, once again, I think it's pretty accurate of the time it was made. There's no kind of gesture towards even progressive ideals in any sense of the word especially Mm -hmm. not in regards to policing every single episode there's a problem there's like oh this could have been solved if we had more officers on the ground Mm. and it's like yeah that's what the kind of mindset was even in canada there was still this ambient like concern being stoked and fed by these conservative governments in power at the time that like yeah like if we don't commit to this war on terror this could happen to us when the closest thing we had to a terror attack that wasn't perpetrated by a right-wing white guy was uh like the toronto seven which was essentially a group of muslim teenagers that were entrapped by the police and charged with terror offenses and then shipped off to guantanamo bay
0: yeah, yeah that's a classic we'll have to do a deep dive into
2: that i think it's the toronto 18 um, it's one of the two but it was like 2006 so right around when the show yeah, was yeah. at its peak and it's like they Literally had no proof of Anything they want I think one of their Plans was to melt a bridge with a laser And they just <laughs> sent to Guantanamo Bay. I'm not kidding there was like that's really being sad. A Teenager yes that's What it was like. like that's what the war on terror Was just like how the war on drugs was an excuse To police people of Color and just steal shit from them and Send them to jail to provide free labor It's like the war on terror Was just an excuse to Do all kinds Of like anti-Muslim raids and just like fucking clear the cities of these people
0: who are yeah, it's
2: like and, and justify silent
3: wars yeah.
0: silent ethnocide 100% and
2: uh, this show really does lean all the way into it There is an episode about white supremacists, though. So, hey. Oh, you got to show both sides.
3: Well, it's
0: called All Cops Are Good, I swear. (laughs) Right.
3: I think we've demonstrated today that uh, you never need to watch a cop show ever again because we have watched them for you now. And they were very boring. We saw
1: from both sides of the political spectrum, you got your your wokeism 2021 uh, Biden's America. Canada cop show
3: Biden's Canada
1: yeah and then you've got your uh, ultra right wing state of terror Bush America Canada cop show
3: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and it's
0: funny because they're pretty much the same Yes
3: Yeah, they're both yeah. cops are good so. Flashpoint
2: yeah. is way better <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you <laughs> no, they were rather, both terrible I would rather watch the insane reactionary cop show than the woke cop show uh, Give me the shield over Brooklyn Nine-Nine any day of the week And I feel like that's a fair assessment
3: Yeah Okay Well
2: I think that's it for this week Thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our look at Canadian Copaganda. Uh, stay safe. We will be back at you again next week with another sterling, scintillating episode. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye.